Welcome, listener, once again to another uh, edition of Footy from the Foot, the podcast coming to you close to the home of football in San Diego, the Bluefoot Neighbourhood Bar and Lounge in the heart of San Diego's glittering North Park. I'm your co-host Paul Hutchinson and I'm joined, as is customary right now, by the miracle of the internet, by the director of football at Bluefoot, Rodney Styles. How are you doing, sir? Great. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm a bit stressed. I'm in technical issues here, so uh, uh, Wi-Fi is uh, messing me around this morning, so... I'm, uh, yeah, a, a little fraught, or maybe yeah. a little more fraught than, than usual. So. <laughs> I know, I'm glad you're sharing the stress this morning, because I'm a little... <laughs> yes, I'm sorry about now, that. Now I feel already better, so it, it's all good. <laughs> I've served my purpose. Oh. It's good. good. Radio Norwich, you like the mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aha! <laughs> yes, yeah, it really is mid-morning matters here uh, with my, uh, yeah, Norwich, uh, Radio Norwich mug. Then you're contract. Anyway... <laughs> Well, I mean, so we've actually got some football to chat about. Um, we'll also do some more of the randomizer questions. And our Mount Rushmore this week is going to be goalkeepers. So we'll uh, dig into that a little bit. Then if there's any other business, uh, we'll then get out of your, your hair, I think. Um, I think that should be plenty. Um, as always, we want you to get involved. Uh, footyfromthefoot at gmail.com and at footyfromfoot on Twitter and Instagram. We're, uh, we're also on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play for all the previous podcasts. Um, and actually, yeah, if anyone could get in touch about how they actually listen to the podcast. I was surprised at how many people, I think, use SoundCloud for that still. So anyway, but uh, yeah, apart from that, please rate, review, and subscribe if you can. Really appreciate that. And thanks to those who have done so, so far. And our website is footyfromthefoot.com. So yeah, we had, uh, we had some actual football. Did you, did you uh, get up and watch any of that? Yeah, I got up the first day on Saturday for the Dortmund game. Yeah, it actually made me feel a little sad, if I'm being honest. Um, plus, it was a very one-sided game. And actually, Dortmund were the only team to win at home in the whole round of games, which is really interesting. Right. Both advantage yeah. and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, they reckon, don't they, that, uh, that, that referees especially might make kind of actual more rational decisions because there's not... Right. <laughs> It was an interesting incident in one of the, I think it was maybe the Munich game when somebody clattered into a Munich player and... Union Berlin, apparently, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, well done. And the player went over, the Berlin player went over to pick the Munich player up and the referee was straight over there, no, go away. Really on top of everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a different sport with no crowd, isn't it? The intensity just wasn't there, was it? It really did feel like a training ground exercise. Especially like in the first few minutes, it seemed like the, the top teams were at it straight away. Whereas yeah. the teams lower down the league it took like 10 minutes to kind of get into it. And by that time, some of them would, were already two goals down, weren't they? You know, so no, it, was, um, it, was, it was odd. I mean, it might be a little bit different with the EPL because I'm more on favour of it. So, yeah, when that kicks off, I'm, I'm, I mean, they're back to training today, aren't they? I think what was noticeable as well, like, like you say, the, the, the idea of having skin in the game. It really does make a difference, doesn't it? Like, you know, when the Premier League does come back, if it does come back, then I think that we'll care more about like the what this means for relegation, European places, and, and all that sort of thing. But in in Germany, if you don't have a team to support and you're not that bothered, it, it's it was a pretty stale watch, really, wasn't it? I think I I actually went to get a coffee. I went down to this coffee house, Santos, at half time. I walked back up, and I I walked back very slowly because I had no no desire to push. But it, I just yeah, it just felt really well. Felt and that's the thing, like you say, it was uh, over as a bit of a contest, really, like by the the fifth totally. minute after half time, wasn't it? You know, like kind of... the sad thing about it after that, they actually had a, uh, a show on about the Schalke Dortmund rivalry, right. 
and the big game when Schalke, if they'd beaten Dortmund, who who had just escaped relegation, Schalke lost at home, but the, there was like eighty thousand people in in the crowd, and the atmosphere was insane, and it really hammered it home that the crowd, in my opinion, make up at least fifty percent of the game. And there was a nice little nod, though, wasn't there, when Dortmund actually did win. They did their whole sort of bowing to the the yellow wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, yeah, that was, that was pretty sweet. That was a nice touch. And yeah. but they didn't hold hands, did they? They kind of like oh. <laughs> made a big old line and like spread their arms out to make sure that they were uh, totally. socially distanced. That was a nice little nod to the, the fans that weren't there. I thought big game on next Wednesday. I think it's the twenty sixth, which is Dortmund Munich. I'm excited for that one because there's a lot on the plate for that game. Obviously, because they're both at the top of the table. So hopefully that will feel a little bit better. And yeah. Match fitness will be up a little bit as well. That's so this weekend will be a little bit more interesting again. That was the, that was the difference, wasn't it? It did feel like no one knew quite how fit they were. I mean, it has to have had a, a, a difference being out for two months, even if you're like looking after yourself at home. There's you know the match Probably. fitness that they always talk about, don't they? And it's the, the longest time of a preseason I think we've seen for years because it it, it seems to preseasons like four weeks now it feels like three weeks yeah. before they're back playing games again you know preseason so two months to be out well in England it's going to be about three months isn't it so yeah. if it starts but we had um I think there was six tested positive today saw that yeah, yeah. out of 748 I believe Troy Deeney said he's not going in because yeah. his son is asthmatic so I totally get that Watford Football Club have said that they t- totally support uh, Troy Deeney and his uh, decision and these will all go to make the argument about why certain clubs shouldn't go down that you know we've not been able to play our best player because you know of this and so yeah i didn't see the um bremen game on monday i was busy yesterday doing things yeah well that ended up 4-1 i didn't actually see that myself as well either but um i'll run through the scores just to yeah grotman beat schalke 4 nil in a really one-sided game the probably the shock of the, the weekend was leipzig only getting a draw against freiburg Hertha Berlin beat Hoffenheim away from home, 3-0. There was an absolute dog with fleas and the two teams in the relegation zone, Dusseldorf versus Paderborn. Um, that was I can't imagine what this game was like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no crowd as well, I could only imagine. And Augsburg uh, lost at home against to Wolfsburg uh, 2-1. So the big winners of the whole weekend, actually, I think, were uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. They beat mm-hmm. Frankfurt 3-1 and moved above Leipzig into third. And yep. then, yeah, with Leverkusen beating Werder Bremen on Monday, they move within one point, rather, to Leipzig, uh, who's now in fourth. Bayern Munich, a super routine win against, apparently pronounced it Onion Berlin. And I, I, I'm trying really hard for that to not sound like Onion. I know, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> onion, Onion, I think, is how you pronounce yeah. it. It still sounds like it's Onion. But anyway... <laughs> they, they, anyway, they lost uh, at home. I mean, they, they look pretty ordinary. They look like a right clogger team as well, by yeah, the way. Totally, totally. <laughs> so I called the end. I called the like the last twenty-five minutes of that game. I was actually out having my um, daily exercise, and um, yeah, they were getting stuck oh. in a bit. But you know, it was nice to see some footy, and uh, you know, I'll, I will certainly tune in next this coming weekend also so you know sure, for sure yeah and definitely next wednesday for the the big top of the table clash yeah i might crack open a couple of beers so um all right yeah and watch that one yeah and join the uh one of the dortmund or the munich chat rooms i think for that one celtic right. named champions as well Hearts yeah right. i saw this as well it's, it was funny to listen to ali mccoy earlier on a pre-recording on talk sports saying 
There'll always be an asterisk against him because <laughs> he's obviously a big Rangers fan. So. That's going to the lexicon as well, by the way, isn't it? Uh, it? It never used to be the case that uh, an asterisk beside it. That was always a baseball thing, and, and I think that's right. into like football parlance as well. I think yeah. it's fair enough, isn't it? Like, did you see the sex dolls in Korea? In <laughs> I did. I mean, congratulations to that company, by the way, who saw an opportunity and they took it, didn't they? So. Jesus, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the story there was that I think it was FC Seoul. They wanted uh, some uh, like a mannequin company to like pad the stadium out with fans. Anyway, that some of them were from their uh, from their sex doll range, I believe. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. They have apologised, I think, but in a kind of uh, yeah, sorry not sorry sort of way. I think uh, they might make, might find their uh, website inundated. Well, um, yeah, I think that's kind of about it, really. Yeah, the Premier League, let's say, have been allowed to uh, train in small groups. The, the headline there is that lots of dissenting voices will happen, especially in the BAME kind of communities as well. All right. Um, well, should we fire up the uh, the randomizer? I insist. Have I got everything? Oh, I did have it all lined up, but my. Technical difficulties today that I've been experiencing. Here we go. <laughs> Goodness me. Where did. Okay, I'm going to have to find the sound effect again. So, uh, sound effect, sound effect, sound effect. <laughs> All right, okay. This is a new one, actually. Unusual places you have played or watched football. I played a game in Tunisia in a hotel on a hotel pitch. Unusual, I suppose it's a little unusual. I mean, uh, it's, where I watched, it's exotic, certainly. I didn't watch, but I listened to the whole second half in 1993 on a phone in a town outside Bari to my father when England played Holland and we lost, which meant we didn't go to the the World uh, Cup. Yeah, game. but I was actually on a phone listening. Wow. Who knows how much money I spent? <laughs> and it was yeah, actually the night, I think it was October the 17th, because I believe I flew back on October the 18th. And that uh, was when I was in the Air Force. Yeah. And uh, I suppose that's the most unusual place. <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. a lot that was the game that Cooman should have got sent off and then scored a penalty, uh, uh, a free kick okay. against us. Yeah, yeah. And that's the one that Graham Taylor had the complete meltdown saying yeah. he, cost, he cost me my job. And um, not a great night. <laughs> no. But to go to all that effort must have felt absolutely crushing as well. Like, well I, I've watched a game in Wigan. That's pretty uh, unusual. <laughs> <isn't it>? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Wigan? Uh, no, um, I, I can't think of anywhere that I've, I've, I've played. When on that trip to uh, to Vienna, on the, the way there, we needed like a little bit of a break, and we decided that it might be a fun idea to have a kickabout on the border between Belgium and Luxembourg. And so we were literally kicking the ball from one country to another to each other. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Because there was nobody around. It was like probably around about sort of midnight or something like that, but we were right. still driving at. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we kicked the ball around on the, on the border between uh, uh, Belgium and, and Luxembourg. So I think that's, that's my uh, most unusual kickabout, I think. And yeah, I, honestly, I can't think of anywhere watched a game where you know, it's an unusual sort of situation or like you like. I'm definitely not going to top your uh, one of listening through the phone. That's that's really cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
I think what another unusual place watching Spurs is probably the Bluefoot, the Arsenal bar, when I first arrived in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> Always felt quite weird, but... Um... <laughs> a hive of scum and villainy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should we, uh, let's, let's fire up the randomizer once again. Sound effect, sound effect, sound effect. Bong. Question four. Greatest own goal of all time or heartbreaking own goal? Okay, heartbreaking old goal would be the Colombian. What was his name in the World Cup? Is the '94 World Cup? Escobar. Escobar, yeah, because he scored the own goal, which meant Colombia lost. And then whilst he was back in Colombia at a cafe, I believe they put a lot. One of the cartels had put a lot of money on the game, and they shot him dead because of his own goal. Yeah, well, that was against the, the USA in the '94 World Cup. That's right, three 0 Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably say that's the most heartbreaking on goal. Yeah, well, that's going to put put my heartbreaking on goal into into its place. I, I, I'll Sorry. probably bother. <laughs> we just end the podcast now, yeah? <laughs> yeah, Matt Taylor versus uh, Arsenal is not going to cut it, I don't think, is it? Let's be honest. So. Favourite on goal, well, while I stop on the subject, though, to bring it back up on the level, was Des Walker scoring the winning goal for Spurs in the 91 Cup final. <laughs> there you go, see? When the yeah. Forest fans sang all day, you'll never beat Des Walker. Well, there you go. We might not beat him, but he'll win the cup for us. Thank you. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of really good on goals. The, Jamie Peacock played for Manchester City. Okay. Have you, have, have you seen this, this goal? It's pretty, it's a pretty famous one, I think. Where right, I think yeah. he kind of like very casually like, brings the ball down off, on his chest. And then this, this absolutely beautiful lob over the goalkeeper. Yeah, I've seen About 20 yards out, which is an absolute yeah. cracker. It's yeah. Yeah, absolutely unstoppable. And then there's the, the, <laughs> the young lad from Berry when, yeah, God rest his soul, it was a young lad called Chris Brass, and he's, he's playing for Berry and he's trying to clear the ball uh, with his face to goal. He tries to kick it, like, over his shoulder and ends up smashing it into his face and then into the goal. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm going to, I'll definitely yeah. post that. It's absolutely I think that one as well, to be honest, but, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> old videos used to get blooper videos used to buy. It's absolute gold. Yeah. So yeah, Chris Brass's goal for for Berry. And, and especially as it being Berry as a Bolton fan. But uh, yeah. Right. Totally. I, I, we 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 miss Berry, and I hope they do all right. Gary Mabbitt's own goal when Coventry. Well, he scored the winning goal for Coventry in '87. That was a most heartbreaking moment. Oh yeah. That, I mean, there's there's some karma for Spurs, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, totally. But such a nice guy, Mabbitt as well. For it to come off his knee like that was just. Um, we actually scored another own goal. Somebody scored an own goal for us as well in 81. I think it was Tommy Hutchinson for City. He scored the, the goal that put City in front. My cat's having a flip out this morning. What the hell is wrong with you? Anyway, yeah. And, um, Glenn Hoddle took a bag front. already. Have you packed your bag already? Yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. A disturbance yes. in the force, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Definitely today. There is a disturbance in the force, definitely. Yeah. Today. Yeah. So, yeah, he knocked the ball in, which gave us uh, we should We didn't deserve to draw that day. In '81, and um, went on for the replay where he scored his um, wonder goal. We won the game three two. So yeah, we go. got okay and not done so okay with on goals in FA Cup finals. Uh, yeah, you've got a, a rich history in there. I know, right? <laughs> um, should we do one more? Let's yes, please. Sound effect, sound effect, sound effect. <laughs> Number seven, best individual performance. performance. You can remember. Well, immediately springs to mind people like players who actually just drag. I always go straight to international stuff on this sort of thing. And, um, you know, you look at 86, Maradona kind of won the World Cup for Argentina. 
Baggio did it in 94 with um, Italy. I mean, he took them all the way to the final. It was so depressing that he missed the last penalty, which Brazil won the World Cup with. Because yeah. if it hadn't been for Baggio, I don't think Italy would have got anywhere near that final. But he just carried it. Yeah, so I look at individual performances like that. I look at David Beckham against Greece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one I was going to... I mean, yeah, he, he basically kept the team together that day, didn't he? I mean, he was all over that pitch at Old Trafford. He, I mean, he was literally the only player that was actually performing at any kind of like level, wasn't he, that day? Totally. And he just like, dragged England into like winning that. And I think we've mentioned it before that he kept having these free kicks, gave up absolutely nowhere near, but it was because he was grabbing the responsibility and, and wanting, like, just willing the team over yeah. the line. The other, the other performance, I think, as well, is... Um, uh, Zinedine Zidane in the um, 98 World Cup final. There is a kind of like a supercut of his like touches on the ball during that game. And it's honestly, it's liquid football. It's just beautiful to watch. It's very calming in actual fact because <laughs> whilst everybody else is uh, losing their brains, he's kind of yeah. just on the ball, picks a pass, knows exactly what he's doing with it. And it's just, it's wonderful to see. Roy Keane as well has to get a little mention for me and you, Juventus, that the semi final, second leg. I think if it hadn't been for him, United would never have gotten near that final either. So, well, we'll leave it there for the questions from the randomizer, but we'll uh, move on to uh, the Mount Rushmore. This time, though, of goalkeepers. All right. Um, so, yeah, Mount Rushmore of goalkeepers. What uh, have you got? Any any favourites particularly? Uh... Do you want to start off? Only because I remember the World Cup in 82 so well. Dino Zoff has to get a mention for me. So, I mean, he was 40 and he was the captain of Italy and they held up the World Cup. And that's a really early memory of uh, football for me as well. So he's always in my mind as one of the great goalkeepers, even if I didn't see him very much in the Italian league. I have to put him up there for an inspirational yeah. sort of character. I think, um, well, it, he was the first goalkeeper to captain a, a, ta- a yeah. side to win the World Cup once he as well so like Same, yeah. obviously the experience being 40 years old I think was probably very telling I was just slightly too young really for uh, uh, to watch the uh, 82 World Cup and then I think he went on to like manage the national side as well didn't he I think he got them to a final of one of the Euros if I remember correctly that I'm okay. yeah. Correctly. so yeah a, a, a bit of a legend legend totally total legend yeah. I was doing a little bit of research into like who I might choose, and honestly, like sometimes you hear so much about Lev Yashin that you're like, well, wh- why was he such a, a, a like a name? Like you know, in, in a time where people really didn't see very much of, of particular players, I sort of did a little bit of research and had a look to some of any footage that there was of him, and right. it's absolutely incredible. He looks like a very modern goalkeeper. Right. He's, he's the only goalie to ever win the Ballon d'Or, you know, this, which is pretty impressive. They reckon that he was like the first of these like sweeper keepers, that he was, he would like stand on the edge of his box and, uh, and cut out things like through balls and, uh, and like they would do in, in the modern game. Uh, he was nicknamed the, the Black Spider as well because, the, you know, he wasn't getting through his net and he had that very iconic black uh, goalkeeping outfit as well, didn't he? So... Uh, he also made FIFA team of the century as well. So I'm going to go with uh, Yev. Why can't I say it properly? Lev Yashin. <laughs> Who yeah, played for uh, Dynamo, Moscow and uh, the USSR. I'm going to have to go and beat Schmeichel. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. Legend. Best goalkeeper I've seen live, I think. Without yeah. a shadow of a doubt, yeah. yeah. And um, 
yeah, just a all around great player. I do like that time though when Poborski chipped him in Euro '96. <laughs> that was the thing, by the way, wasn't it? He did get chipped a lot. He did because um, who did it for Newcastle when they battered? Um, yeah, uh, Albert. Like, Albert, the Belgian player. Yes, he chipped him as well, didn't he? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just the fact, Michael. And it, was it David Sukru chipped? It was David Sukru chipped him. Yeah, for Croatia. Yeah. And the ball had this wonderful spin on it. I remember it was one of the first sort of slow-mos they did really well. And it went over his head and Schweichel just sort of fell backwards onto the pitch, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was quite beautiful. So, yeah. so we're really talking Schmeichel up here. Say again? We're really talking Schmeichel up here, by the way. I know, right? I was just about to say, we, we were supposed to do best goalkeepers. He, he was an awesome guy. He has to be in there for me, yeah. Yeah, it was. It just came with a really unusual style, didn't he? He played like handball growing up as a kid, and I that's think he, right. Yeah, translated that into his soccer goalkeeping. And uh, look at his son, Casper Schmeichel. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a legacy. Something in the water there, I fear. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's a great poster, and I'll try and dig out the, the image where he is all he's diving, but he's almost like, like catching it in midair. Yeah. Okay. Like, I know the one you mean. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I totally agree, Peter Schmeichel. Yeah. My submission, my final submission, would be uh, Gigi Buffon. Just, has to be. yeah, just for like longevity and just total consistency, like throughout the time he's been involved, made goalkeeper or team of the uh, the, the year on most occasions, and just keeps on going, doesn't he? Everyone thought he he's was like Juventus now as well, isn't he? He is, yeah. Everyone and a kind of the romantic in me as well. If they if they get to the Champions League final, I really want him to bring him on. At some stage, so he could actually be on the pitch and win the Champions League. If because if Spurs aren't going to win it, I'd probably like to see Juve win it because they've been so close. And um, well, that was the thing as well. Did he get sent off like in his last supposed game for Juventus in the Champions League? Do I am remembering that correctly? Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Yeah, because yeah. he um, it was against yeah, the great referee. Called him the son of a whore or something. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he got a red card immediately for it. So that'll get it done on it. If, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, Scottish goalkeepers, Paul? Uh, not so much, no. Uh, <laughs> they uh, did not make the multiple exceptions. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Jim Ryan. Yeah, Alan Ruff, absolutely livid. We'll be, get, we'll be getting letters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, that'll see it, won't it? Uh, yeah, so, I think there's four great goalkeepers there, yeah. And Pat Jennings was nearly on my list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Massive big hands, that one, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a goal to win the charity shield for Spurs as well. So he scored the only goal that day. <laughs> and, um, really? Yeah, yeah. There's footage of that. I think it was well, sixty something, sixty two, I believe. Really? Maybe sixty four. Yeah, he scored. He scored. Yeah, he kicked it. Yeah, it was a punt upfield. It bounced and went over and scored the winning goal at Wembley. Scored the winning goal at Wembley. That, there can't be many goalkeepers that scored a winning goal and, and it be the only. I know, right? Amazing. Wow. And he, he can, continued to play international football as well. I mean, he played a little history for him. He played for Spurs and he played for Arsenal. They, I think, he went back to Spurs. He went to a World Cup. Now, I forget which World Cup it was, but he had no club. And this, this bit always makes me very happy. He, put, he had to put a club down, and he went, oh, I have to put Spurs down. <laughs> he didn't put Arsenal. So he'd be on my substitutes bench simply for that in the Mount Rushmore goalkeepers, that he, he put Tottenham on his list because that was his favourite club. It was always between him um, and Shilton for like, the best goalkeeper of that sort of era, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Ray Clements was in there as well, wasn't he? Because they used Clements. to split the games up a little bit, Shilton and Clements, didn't they? I think Clements would have been a really good number one for England. Might have got through a couple of penalty shootouts if he'd have... Maybe, absolutely. Um, but never mind. 
What will ne- Neville Southall, I think uh, he's also good value on social media, that one too. So uh, Great goalkeeper, <laughs> great goalkeeper. Yeah, you wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. He'd always look like, really scruffy and kind of like, yeah. un, like showered, and, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. Apparently he was an incredible trainer. Like, like, so focused on the game as well. And if you actually looked at him, you just thought he was a guy who walked out of the pub at five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't care, did he? Yeah. No. Um, but he, apparently, he was like the, the 100% professional. If anybody was slacking off in training, he, he wasn't happy. So, um, yeah. yeah, incredible, really, when I read that. There was that occasion where, did he kind of sit at yes. the goalpost that time? I can't remember the yeah. circumstances of that particular. No, I can't. I think it was something, was it something against the board? Something that he, he didn't go in at half time, I think. Is that right? No, he sat in the goal area. You're right. Yeah, yeah he sat. I remember it well. Yeah. But what the hell? Was, he sat in the goal because he asked for a transfer. The club denied it. Oh, right, okay. 3 oh, yeah. down in 1990-91 season to Leeds United at home, and he made a standoff. That was it. Because the, the club had gone into decline, in his opinion, so he asked for a transfer. All oh, right. Well, <laughs> so yeah, I think we covered plenty of ground there with, uh, with goalies and what's happening. There's a little bit of a preview, or just at least kind of list the games that are happening. It's actually one on Friday. It's the Berlin Derby, in actual fact. So, yeah. Union Berlin... Um, are away at Herta. Plenty riding on that for yeah, local bragging rights, as they say. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Freiburg at home to Werder Bremen, who are really struggling. Paderborn are at home to Hoffenheim. Paderborn are also really struggling. Yeah. Uh, a big game, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach versus Bayer Leverkusen. They are vying for those Champions League spots, both of those teams. Yeah. Third versus fifth, so that's a big game. Wolfsburger at home to Borussia Dortmund. And then the late game is uh, Bayern Munich versus Eintracht Frankfurt. So uh, those are all um, being played on Saturday. On Sunday, uh, the early game is at Schalke versus Augsburg. So there's actually uh, three slots, yeah, time slots for the games on Sunday. Mainz versus Leipzig and then Cologne versus Fortuna Dusseldorf. So... I'm glad you're saying all this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I have no idea if, if I'm pronouncing anything correctly at all. <laughs> but oh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I still can't quite get over this Union Berlin. Like, I'm really oh, trying yeah. very hard not to do it. I'm bursting with laughter now. Oh. Uh, so there you go. With the prospect of that game with Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund uh, midweek as well next week. That's the one I'm looking forward to. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you doing the trivia this week? We are doing the trivia this week, 7 o'clock, Saturday. Uh, we had a week off last week. Nice. Uh, but we are back refreshed. That's with uh, Paul Brown and Marissa as well. An hour or so of your time and the opportunity to hang out with like-minded people during all of this uh, shutdown. Well, not shutdown. It's not a shutdown, is it? It's a stay-at-home. Stay-at-home. That's about it, really, f- uh, from, from me, I think. Anything that you'd like to uh, bring up? I've, no, I've got nothing, really. Um... I think Ryan Fraser's being talked about coming to Spurs on a free transfer. He's actually openly said he wants to come down from Bournemouth. Yeah, Could be an interesting. Like a free transfer as well, I think, was it? Free transfer, yeah, which is always nice. I hear one fight is going to be going to Bath for Bournemouth. Don't see that, mate. But, yeah. I, you know what? They, they, I think his game might be suited okay for Spain. I actually think he's a really talented kid. And I just think it's too quick for him in the Premier League sometimes. Yeah, and he's too oh. aggressive. That he, he, I mean, he's an aggressive player anyway. But he makes so many mistakes. Tagango's probably is it Tagango who's playing for the Spurs now? I think he's probably the better option actually. But I do like Foyth, but I, I really wanted him to succeed at Spurs because I think he's a great ball player, and there's a lot more to his game than just tackling. 
And I really hoped he was going to make that right back spot. Yeah, because he played there for Argentina last summer, and I, I kind of hoped he was going to make that his um, position. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. So <laughs> he didn't look like he had the build for a right back. Really, he does look like he should be a centre half. I think you're right, though. I think he, he's just got a ricket in him, hasn't he? And, and he has got a ricket in him, and he's 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 really quick to give away penalties as well. I mean, I wonder if it would be a situation like PK moving from Manchester United and then becoming like a legend of Barcelona. You know what? I can actually see this happening. He's not going to get on the Spurs. He's not. He's not going to cement a place there. So. With the best of luck, go to Barcelona and become a superstar like PK, you know? And, and the thing is, as well, if you're playing for Barcelona, you don't being challenged as much defensively, no. are you, in, in Barcelona? Where, well, you to know, be fair, I would not want to be a Spurs defender at the moment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> On average, he's probably a great defender, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. If you went to a team that didn't defend so, well, yeah. excuse me, so badly. But, um, I mean, uh, Man City have got their, their appeal on June the 8th, I believe. For the Champions League, I heard this morning. So, okay, let's yeah, see if that happens. I hope, in some respects, it doesn't because then it opens up another slot, doesn't it, for the old Champions League next season? But that's just been a purely Tottenham fan speaking. I, we won't get yeah. anywhere near that anyway. Although I, I've got, I've got a little funny feeling we might do quite well when it starts up again. We're all yeah, playing players play back, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Suzuko back, Begwin's back. All right, we'll we'll leave it there. I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, thank you for getting this far. Um, getting contact, footy from the foot at gmail.com and at footy from foot on our social media outlets. Uh, let us know what you think about any of the goalkeepers that we missed. Always take those uh, suggestions. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, as well as SoundCloud. Again, seems like lots of people are still listening on, on SoundCloud. But yeah, let us know how you uh, how you listen, what uh, format you use. Yeah, tell some friends, rate, review. Thank you to those people that have done that already. Cheers to uh, David Sankster, uh, my pal, for our theme tune, the outro that you're about to hear. Give him a follow at at one in 20 Parkinson's. If you are so inclined, uh, show your appreciation to your bartenders by uh, bluefootbar.com. And there you can tip virtually. And also the sale of the T-shirts, the uh, isolation T-shirts, continues on there also. And, yeah, that's about it. Thank you, dear listener. And uh, let's do this again next Thursday. Goodbye. There we go. Very good.